Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, don't be fooled by the rocks that he got. He's still, he's still, Lukey from the block. Dr. Luke Gledall, uh, in the country of Canada, uh, whereabouts in the country of Canada are, are you today, Luke? I am in Vancouver, British Columbia. I have flown from the sunny beaches of Calgary, Alberta, to the sunny beaches of Vancouver, Columbia, to basically take the train across country. I'm going from Vancouver to Toronto. Um, my train has been delayed by a day, so I'm curious how to see that's going to end up. But uh, stay tuned, folks, because uh next episode as well i will be somewhere else in the fine country of canada exciting and i'm i'm in scotland so we're real globetrotters today <laughs> and um the reason why you went to scotland rich was to visit the birthplace of uh barry bannard correct pay homage see where is uh his wee bonnie heat entered the world yes uh that's the that's the plan <laughs> i've brought with me uh the traditional gifts for such an occasion. I've got some gold. I've got some frankincense. I have some myrrh. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna gonna see what what roll with the punches. See what see what gift feels appropriate in the moment. Maybe hand them all over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should uh, so we should move along to our uh, our first regular feature. Breaking hoo hoos. Breaking hoo hoos. So Breaking hoo hoos. And um, as we are hotting into the JTW, the January transfer window, um, as uh, as Rich has said, that this is a thing that's been copyrighted and uh, by Jim White. Yes, in a in a fit of excitement, you know, ten to midnight on a transfer deadline day, a thirteen year old Liverpool player has gone on loan to Chester City. We don't know his name. But we're furiously excited on this <laughs> very GTW. I can just imagine him, him banging his walking stick against the floor. <laughs> puce. His face puce, his tie yellow. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, for we. That, for, for that is the manner for which he ejaculates these days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Somebody and to. and we're back and we're back with oh we're uh, back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we, we've we've been linked to a couple of striking options. It seems this yes, week. the rumor millis <clears throat> is uh, really firing up again. And um, Lyle Taylor, who's the twenty-nine-year-old Charlton striker, who apparently there is some conjecture that he's rejected a contract. Okay. So, um, how genuine this is, we're not sure. Whether it's, it's just his uh, his agent trying to drum up some interest. That's a that's one. He's one of the poorly 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 souls that wasn't able to make it into the match against us. Uh, he wasn't, so we don't know. We we didn't get a chance to see him this season, did we? Uh, but you know who knows doesn't sound promising a 29 year old from Charlton Athletic but you never know um, and then he had the, the other one <laughs> the other one is Rian Brewster who is the young Liverpool striker and uh, to quote the to quote my other friend Rich uh, I have more Two than riches. one I have more than one excellent Rich friends spoken about uh, so uh, I have an embarrassment of riches in yeah, that regard <laughs> Because obviously, there's just purely uh, any one person should only know one rich. So that's that's the rule I try and impose. Um, and if you look closely at the paperwork you signed on becoming my friend, uh, 
He might find you in breach, buddy. Okay, so I'll refer to him as Jonesy from now on. Anyway, Thank so uh, my <laughs> my buddy Jonesy, who is a Liverpoolian, is a Liverpool fan. Um, I asked him the other day, said, can you tell me anything about him? And he says, I don't know much, but really good reputation. Lots of people predicting lots of good things. So there we go. Did he say that or did he say, hey, I don't know much, la. But lots of people are predicting lots of good things, la. <laughs> He, he actually said... Uh, he is boss, la. He's absolutely boss, la. If he's good enough for Klopp, he's good enough for me. <laughs> That's how all people from Liverpool speak. So. Yeah, like some... some. I imagine like one of the crankies doing a Liverpool <laughs> uh, Liverpoolian impression. That's how it kind of works up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, despite the fact that... Uh, uh, Rian Brewster has never uh, set set foot out um, for Accrington Stanley. Um, he's uh, supposed to be supposed to be hot shit. There we go. And, uh, the future and a pacey striker who scores for fun in the youth team. And if that pulls off, I think that would be a good good acquisition. Something I... a little bit different from our current mix of strikers. Yeah. Well, I did enjoy watching his YouTube video. It looked it looked good. Um, and that. There's, it's never been a case where you watch a YouTube video for a player and they um, they let you down after it. That's never happened ever, ever, ever. So it's good. It's exciting. So it's a nice person to be linked with. Um, and then the other side of it is that uh, Captain Fox Morgan has been uh, attracting some attention from elsewhere. Yes, and um, maybe that again is in the Lyle Taylor bucket of um, you know genuine, may possibly genuine interest, but also possibly his agents trying to drum up a contract for him. I don't. I know this is not how names work, but Lyle Taylor's name being quite so close to Tate and Lyle, the uh, the sugar magnates, just makes me think he must have uh, you know he must have a few fingers in the uh, in the sugar world. And um, Gary Monk possibly played with Alan Tate. Oh yes, he did. Certainly did at uh, at Swansea. Yeah. So there we go. So full circle. Okay. We've got the um, we've got the, we've got the Pepe Silvia string out, and it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. He's going to come along. I did actually listen in the week to uh, there's a podcast called the I think it's Footballers Book Club or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will do them the service of actually saying Football Book Club is just what it's called. And uh, episode four is them reading Gary Monk's Loud, Proud and Positive, which is his uh, his autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> hastily, hastily cobbled together after Swansea uh, got to the Premier League. Um, but it was quite interesting. I think they all sort of came away thinking that Gary Monk seemed like an all right guy, but quite frustrated <laughs> that it had been written about 12 games into their first season in the Premier League rather than, um, you know, to after at the end of his playing career and uh, maybe even touching on some of his managerial career. If if he'd written the book five years later, it would have been a lot more illuminating than uh, than this kind of snapshot moment. Um, but yeah, the japes with Alan Tate and uh, Lee Trundle sounded uh, sounded fantastic. They were they were they were also disappointed with that being the title that he didn't come out in the book um, because that is. It's quite a gay title, loud, loud, proud, and positive. It really is. You're expecting on page twenty to be uh, reading some revelations. (laughs) (laughs) A a little, a little bit too much team bonding on uh, page page thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we should move along to today's match. Let's do it. Match at Hillsborough. 
Thanks to our friends at Sky, it was at the ludicrous time of 12pm, which meant it was a bit of a pain for me to get along to and kind of screwed up a bit of my Saturday night and my Sunday morning. Uh, For you, that must have been ridiculously early. Um, Yes, so that would have been 4am Pacific Standard Time. I actually, because it was covered on Sky, it was on DAZN. So I, I got up and I pretty much, without any kind of checking any making sure any of my messaging systems were down, just fired up my laptop and then just uh, played the game at about, I think it was 7am here, and now I'm about quarter to 12am. Oh, that's very civilised. It was. It was indeed. So... So a bit of a mmm da zone. It was indeed an mmm da zone, and spoiler alert, there was a bit of unknown in this game as well. Oh, yes, this was a this was a sweet treat <laughs> from from Weebaz. Um, so the 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 big shock with the lineup was that Stephen Fletcher didn't make uh, the squad at all, uh, which we've only had to suffer through once this season, uh, which was when we were away at Hull with a very tedious performance uh, where New You and um, your boy Sammy Winnall um, sort of didn't do very much and largely disappointed. Uh, so... It felt a bit ominous hearing that uh, Fletcher wasn't going to make it, particularly with the sort of form that he's in. Uh, what did you think of that pairing up front with uh, Nuiu playing alongside Rhodes today? It's a slightly weird one. I mean, you know, we have... Um, it's it's kind of like you've got a series of flavour combinations that are supposedly infinitesimal. And it, it weirdly feels that way with our strike force as well. Um, Rhodes and Nuiu is a very kind of abstract pairing <clears throat> cardamom and coffee maybe i don't know is that that's not a very weird pairing um yeah two flavors that just uh, work together <clears throat> chocolate and <laughs> sarcasm <laughs> chocolate sarcasm yes <laughs> uh um so we have a few pairings that, that make some sense i think New you and win all makes a bit more sense than New you and Rhodes, but basically you'd sort of want to see Fletcher with one of the other ones. He's kind of the the clutch partner in uh, in any duo up top, I would think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so other than that, though, pretty pretty bog standard. Well, not bog standard, but you know the kind of the the, the rest of the team was pretty much what we what we've become used to. Um, so Dawson in goal, Palmer right back, Fox left back, Iorfer and Lee's. As the centre back pairing, Bannon and Luongo as the midfield uh, duo uh, with Harris and Reach on the wings. Um, we were lining up against former Owl Jackie Hunt today as a as a wing back, and Bristol City favour a, a kind of three at the back uh, where they can enjoy the fact that Ashley Williams is good on the ball but um, protect him from too much scrutiny because his legs well and truly have gone um so they've got a couple of guys round him to hopefully protect him i think uh and then yeah hunt kind of mans that right flank himself and uh and uh roe goes the other way um did you were you impressed with him on his return he's been he's been doing quite well there by all accounts yeah i mean uh, i've always liked jack hunt as a player 
Um, I think it was just previously, sometimes we didn't really see the real benefit of the Jack Hunt berries, and um, <laughs> I was disappointed he left. I was too. I, did, I, was, a, I was a fan of him. Uh, another one of these guys, not always brilliant, but never went hiding. You know, he always, he always worked and always showed for the ball, even when he wasn't maybe having the greatest game himself. Um, so the start of the game today, uh, there was a chance just almost straight from kickoff for, for Bristol City. And then, by and large, they didn't have too much more to shout about for the rest of the uh, the rest of the game. They they had some nice bits of movement. There was lots of kind of like people cha- interchanging positions and some nice sort of passing going on, but not a huge amount of penetration and and, and not too much wor- to worry Dawson at all. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if there's many teams have had as few shots against us as as Bristol City had today. And they're, they're fellow playoff contenders. Well, this is it. I mean, we had... So looking at the stats, we had 15 shots, six of which were on targets. They had three shots and only one on targets. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a very kind of tight, battled game. I think both teams set up with a real kind of um, good shape against each other. I was surprised, I think, going into that, knowing that Bristol have scored a few goals, but also conceded quite a few, I thought it would probably be a bit more open than it was as a game. It, yeah, it seemed it was, to have a bit of a rigid shape to both it teams. It was cagey, wasn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they piled some goals on against some people. I mean, they scored five against Huddersfield a few weeks ago. So, yeah, they, they definitely got goals. Um, I think the thing is, I mean, it's, there's a classic sort of when teams play wingbacks like this, that should favour us by and large because we're, we are pretty well served in reach and Harris. We've got two very good wingers and then Palmer and Fox. Might not be the, the might not be the greatest of fullbacks, but they they certainly are willing runners and um, and stick to their tasks pretty well. So by, that should give us lots of opportunities to kind of overload overload them on the flanks. And I think we did see that, especially as the game wore on. I think the the midfield players stopped supporting their fullbacks quite so effectively, and we got chance after chance towards the end of the game. Uh, one thing I will say, <laughs> Bristol City are. There's some. There was some tough tackling from Bristol City. I mean, we normally talk about dirty teams as like little sort of you know niggly fouls and sort of little things that just chip away. But there was some big crunching tackles, and I I was amazed they didn't have they didn't end up with more than one outfield yellow card because they were flying into things. There was one where Palmer got very close to being like completely wiped out really really early on by their number eight, and if he hadn't jumped out of the way. I mean, goodness knows what would have happened. It could have been a leg breaker. It was really a, a wild challenge. And it was that, that was about two minutes into the game. I think number eight in particular, Brownhill, just seemed a, just seemed a dirty beggar, to be honest, from uh, from my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, interesting that they, they picked up three yellows in the game. Yeah. And one of which really was just the goalkeeper wasting for the uh, wasting time and trying to put uh, Bannon off in the penalty. What it, What is it with goalkeepers being? pricks at penalties now i don't know i think they just think that this is just a real platform for them to show off some kind of weird kind of dickish gamesmanship really um, i'm not on board with it i'd be so embarrassed if <laughs> one of our goalkeepers behaved like these twerps i thought their goalkeeper was really good actually other than that but oh what a yeah what an idiot uh, very, I mean, obviously very glad that we scored to the, the penalty, but especially glad. I mean, I, Bannon would have been well within his rights to, uh, similar to Fletcher, sort of get in his face after that because he behaved 
ridiculously, like standing miles away till the ref had to call him over, which held things up. And then kind of like climbing the back of the climbing his net to kind of. Yes. Yes. Oh, ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Some reason um, just that those parts of the game, the uh, the net does seem to turn into some kind of mini kind of jungle gym for, for goalkeepers. Really odd. Really odd mm. stuff. And the two times we've seen it, it's not worked. The penalty's been really good and the keeper's gone completely the wrong way. So mm. it does make you question, you know, what the point actually is. Um, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was, I'd like to say, this was a tough game. I think it was two pretty well-matched teams. Um, but we, we didn't really back down at all. I think we kept pushing away to try and win the game, even though second half it felt like they were maybe happy for a draw. Their, their time wasting got pretty ridiculous from from halftime onwards, uh, with the goalkeeper doing the thing where you kind of call the players in and then send them away. And then you think about, oh, now I need to move the ball because I'm going to kick it along. So you manage to like eke out a minute for every goal kick. But we, we were trying to keep a tempo in the game and trying to stop their, their games, gamesmanship from having an effect. Uh, although frustratingly, <laughs> these teams that time waste and then get caught doing it, they're rewarded because they then have five minutes to try and score at the end of the game. Yeah. Just, it, it's not a rule that feels like it, it's fit for purpose, to be honest. Because, um, yeah, we had the same thing the, the other week with, the, with Brentford. It was the exact same thing where they did so much time wasting. And then when we caught them, it rewarded them. They, they, had, they had more time to work with to try and break us down. Um, so first half, uh, so the, I think their one shot on target was... Uh, Palmer cleared it off the line, didn't he? There was a it, it, yes, yeah, it was a header. Yes, it, beat was. it was a very important headed goal line clearance from uh, from Liam Jordan Palmer. Liam Jordan Palmer, yeah, uh, who had a splendid game, really good game uh, overall. So the the next thing that happened, really, the the next significant thing that happened in the game was <laughs> Morgan Fox went down injured. I didn't really see what the incident was, but he went down after a, a corner. Uh, in their box and then in the next sort of run of play it was clear that whatever had affected him in the in the box was quite serious and and he'd have to get treatment and then obviously he had to leave the pitch uh did you was there anything on the sort of tv pictures that made it any clearer what had happened to him no i mean and also i think i've mentioned this before i did get the i have got the commentator on the design feed who doesn't have the any enthusiasm clause so he didn't really kind of add anything um fantastic to to what was going on so i'm yeah i'm a little bit surprised as to what happened there yeah uh but when he went off <laughs> we changed every single player's position in the in the back four um seemingly to avoid bringing on Odebajo so um Palmer went to left back Tom Lees went from left sided center back to right sided center back Iorfa went to right back and then uh Julian Berner came on at left sided center back so yeah ev- everybody moved to a different position <laughs> which generally you, don't, you want to have as few changes as possible really but um does maybe speak to where Odebajo is at the moment in terms of uh, his pe- his place in the pecking order <laughs> that uh, everything rejigged uh but it was nice because we were able to get get burner on the pitch and I, I love me some julian burner who doesn't and uh, great to see him back and great to see him playing um yeah always a joy to watch uh, julian play um so anything else to sort of pick up from the first half 
Uh, anything else we can kind of add from the first half? Um, you know, there was some. Uh, I love the corner routine. You know, about the twenty-four oh, yeah. minute mark where uh, you know Bannon kind of fizzed it over, and then Palmer just kind of rocks up, kind of completely unmarked, and then uh, Rasta volley. Yeah, that was kind it was a of decent and then clear that. away. Very decent effort. It looked <laughs> initially, it looked like Rhodes had blocked it, but that's a similar. But it, it was their own. It was the uh, the Bristol City player. So we, we t- I took that back. Um, the things I said. Uh, <laughs> but that that's similar. I think um, I think it was Rhodes's overhead kick goal that came from a very similar set piece routine uh, last week, where Palmer sort of knocked it straight back in from from the back post. Uh, he wasn't as direct last week. It, it sort of bumbled around a little bit more. But um, yeah, it's nice to show that we're working on things, and uh, and some of them are are, are looking effective. Um, we also did another set piece routine in the second half where um, it was sort of fizzed across to reach at the at the edge of the box, but his shot wasn't particularly good. But again, it's it was a nice idea. It let him get a shot away, um, which you don't always get from from set pieces. Uh, so. Yeah, not too bad. I think the first half, it wasn't bad. I think we'd played reasonably well against a pretty good team, but there was definitely more atmosphere around the kids playing the game at halftime in our corner of the uh, of the pitch than there was <laughs> at anything that happened in the first half with the with the first team out. Definitely, it was it was infinitely more exciting to watch uh, watch them sort of. At one point, the goalie went on a run and nearly scored it was really exciting stuff <laughs> so so second half another one of these second halves where you come out and it's not been bad enough that you're thinking oh we need a a halftime sub but you're certainly intrigued about what might change and, and what, what we might do differently to to uh to change the game um we just looked a bit more dangerous second half i don't know whether it was it was sort of tired legs from their point of view they did make two subs around the hour mark uh, one of them being jack hunt coming off uh for so they they brought off jack hunt and andreas wyman and they brought on eliason and casey palmer and palmer as far as i know is, is quite an attacking midfielder sometimes a striker eliason is a winger is that right i'm not sure I would defer yeah. to your knowledge of Bristol City, Rich. But I think they they reverted then to some more like a four four two. They they had quite a significant change, but it didn't really work for them. I think we were better after their changes than we were before, but we just didn't seem to get anything going. Um, and then sort of late on, I'm surprised how late on it feels. That sometimes when you're not always uh, as as uh, aware of the clock i think when you're you're at the the match live so i'm surprised it's so late on but 76th minute we brought on on uh, sam winnell for jordan rhodes which got a few moans from the the crowd really Uh, i think there was a general feeling that maybe knew you could was struggling a bit um but i i feel like there's a bit of groundhog day with that situation and when you take new you off in that situation what happens is we lose new you allows us to kind of build from a base within their half mm-hmm. and you take new you off and with without the threat of new you their defense pushes right up to the halfway line and they just get to pile the pressure on us because we really struggle to break out and so i think that was a really good substitution to make i also feel like Rhodes had done nothing i i know it was exciting i mean lord knows it was beautiful seeing him score his hat trick last week but 
um, this looked like the guy that's been in a Wednesday shirt most of the time since we signed him, not the guy that was there last week. Um, he had a couple of half chances in the first half, didn't do anything with them. And then he was back to this thing of looking to fall over first before actually trying to, to do anything with the ball. Um, so... I was pretty disappointed with Jordan Rhodes this game, to be honest. Yeah, definitely after the Lord's Mayor show, wasn't it? Pretty it much. was a lot of that, yeah. And we, as you know, we're the podcast that thinks it should be the Lord Mayor show every day. All Lord Mayor, all the time. All Lord Mayor, all the time. And Jordan Rhodes just wasn't living that gravy life and wasn't bringing the Lord Mayor passion to his performance. So... That's why we had to bring on Sammy Winnall. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much Winnall did, to be honest. But um, the, I think it might have been a, a bit of accumulation because, to be fair to Rhodes, there was one incident, there was a penalty shout that he maybe should have had. Um, I'm trying to think about the timing, so I don't know if, if you were making detailed notes, but, but Bannon had a very good volley that was kind of cleared by their defender. And did I, that... think, I, I think I missed that one. Okay, I think well, I, th- I thought that was one of the better efforts we had in the game. Um, but around that time, there was a really good cross to the back post, and it really looked like Rhodes was being held down by two of their players. And the ref didn't give the penalty. It was one of those that looked just clearer, clear as day. Um, and the ref didn't give it. And then play sort of rolled on a little bit further. And the ball broke uh, out to the sort of uh, the corner flag. Atinuyu was 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 chasing it out. Somehow he was winning the race to the ball. And a very tired looking Bristol City player kind of grabbed his backside and hauled him to the ground in a, in a, in a sort of clumsy rugby tackle. Um, and amazingly, the referee gave the foul. <laughs> How often do we see that sort of incident happen to Atinuyu and he doesn't get anything? Well, this is it exactly. I was like, my note was finally uh, the big man wins a penalty, and um, this is uh, truly, truly a moment to kind of mark in the history books that a big striker has won a penalty. <laughs> oh, totally. I mean, it was uh, it was a joy to behold him getting that penalty because it is rare as hen's teeth that that sort of thing happens. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah I I mean it's exactly the sort of thing that should get given but doesn't and it's also it's a terrible challenge to have made from that defender's point of view he Atinuyu who is as slow as molasses is is running away from your box and uh, you haul him down rather than I don't know let him do what he wasn't going to do anything pretty spectacular from there I wouldn't have thought but then immediately we get a penalty immediately the worry is who is going to take this and it was it was Barry Bannon who stood up to 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 take the spot kick yeah and um, filled with confidence Luke I wasn't but then this has been typically um a very Wednesday thing of if, if we do win a penalty which seems a rare occurrence like some kind of um really special blue moon that's happening and um then who steps up is usually doesn't fill me with any confidence whatsoever um which is weird because I you typically I think there was definitely a mentality I've had growing up and also come from even from watching Wednesday still, you still think a penalty is essentially a goal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like it's it's close to a formality, essentially. 
you know? It, it, yeah, it definitely should be. Um, but I was I was worried when I saw Batman stepping up. But I shouldn't have been. He uh, So we had the aforementioned nonsense from uh, Bentley, their goalkeeper, uh, doing some monkey bars on his on the roof of the net um which the ref booked him for which is all adding to the time <laughs> that bannon is having to wait to take the spot kick so you did i did feel for him but um he took it very calmly the keeper sold himself went the went the other way and, and bannon just stroked it into the opposite corner easy peasy yep cool as you like really cool dispatch cap penalty um, the uh, the note I made for bad commentator comes good. Um, he said an economy of effort, which I thought nice. was, uh, yes. was very very beautiful, and I think it was very interesting, especially since we saw Bannon kind of pulling the strings and putting in so much effort in the middle of a park to make mm. something happen, and then to just get the kind of just desserts from that to just do something very minimal, yet very telling, and the winning goal is uh, it was really beautiful. It was definitely. Yeah, he 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 worked his wee nads off today, did Bannon. But um, <laughs> when it came to the penalty, it was just a just an easy easy roll, easy roll. His little mini Adri cojones <laughs> were run into the ground. Uh, they were completely spent on his creative juices. As wee tatties, he ran as wee tatties to the bone. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there aren't any bones in uh, in your tattoos. Um, don't worry, folks. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were just going to make an allusion to the fact that, you know, it's, it's a different... Uh, these Scottish people are a different breed, aren't they, Rich? Something that you know very much about. Oh, yes. Cut from a different cloth. <laughs> Cut from different girders or something. Oh, yes, yes. With uh, iron brew coursing through our veins. Um... <laughs> So what's one of the nice things uh, under under Gary Monk is it's really obvious that people are talking more. Um, So when uh, I mentioned in the first half that uh, the the modest success that Bristol City had in that first half was kind of people moving around and and um, and going between uh, between zones and things like that. But you can see the players handing off players as people move around saying, Oh, he's coming to your area now and like making it clear what, what everyone's job is um, and making sure that nothing gets missed. And then the, the, the nice thing after this goal, and we have seen it a couple of times before, but you know, Lees and Berner uh, come all the way across for, you know, they're, they're miles out of the picture when a, a penalty is being taken, but they come all the way across to celebrate with everyone else. But also Tom Lees is giving everyone a pep talk to kind of keep their heads in the game, calm down and see it out, you know, do a professional job. And that is, it's really a nice thing to see. We've always been a very quiet team. Uh, and Gary Monk talks about liking, you know, thinkers. He like he wants people that can think for themselves and uh, don't just kind of robotically do what they're told. Uh, and it's nice to it's nice to see a bit of that. It's particularly, I think Tom Lees has been a guy that's worn a captain's armband, but very rarely been a captain, at least from the outside looking in. So yeah, good. And, to he, see and he also has an inexplicably small mouth as well, which he has to. Uh... <laughs> He does. He's to the really kind of open up to bellow those words out from uh, from his his little hoop 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 like mouth. <laughs> the opposite of the Netflix show Big Mouth is Tom Lee's and his small mouth. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so unlike some previous games, 
it was pretty pretty easy peasy towards the end of the game. They really didn't muster much in the way of effort. I know, and for a lot of this, I wondered whether it would be. It it felt like a very typical Gary Gary Monk led Sheffield Wednesday game. Mm. The fact that we're we're a team with a real you know decent solid spine, yeah, and there's a lot of industry. But maybe those kind of chances that are kind of opening up in the final third were kind of missing that kind of real incisive edge. Yes, and it definitely could have been you know a number of games where we said, look, you know, we either drew or we lost, but we were we were we were fairly comfortably the better side. Yes. we just didn't really have the kind of goal and those killer chances to kind of prove it. Really, I agree. I, I, it was very close <laughs> to being another one of those games where, yeah, as you say, we were we were better, but not not in any way that you could show on paper. Um, I, I I do think one of the things that I'm really starting to appreciate about um this this sort of period of the season um you know we we've we've played some 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 of the biggest teams or the best teams in the league in in quite short succession um and we've competed against all of them in a way that i don't really remember us doing i think even under carlos carlos was very pragmatic when it came to playing the big teams it was almost like we'll get a nil nil draw that's what we'll, we'll set out to do and we almost never attacked those teams but it's been nice to sort of go against Leeds and West Brom and Brentford and Swansea and now Bristol City and just kind of sort of have a battle <laughs> and see who comes out on top it's been it's been it it feels like a, a refreshing thing I don't it's kind of hard to put it I'm not doing a great job of putting it into words I don't think but um it's quite <laughs> It's just quite a refreshing, it's just a different sort of approach. Rather than being sort of terrified of what they can do, it's all about what we can do and making the best of what we have rather than being worried about what they do and trying to negate that as the as the primal sort of primary thing to do that we're doing does that make sense <laughs> i think it does well, it does yeah. it does you, you make perfect sense Rich. cool thank you <laughs> I'll, I'll choose not to hear that hint of sarcasm in your uh, in your tone uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're up to third in the table are indeed yeah and i mean we could have been if it was purely just a draw which it looked like it was going to kind of ebb and kind of yeah you know peter out into a just a nil nil game <clears throat> i mean we still would have been six in the table we would have been above um above swansea but below brentford just on goal difference and i think that would be fantastic especially going into this christmas period but to uh, to really cement ourselves as the you know third third place in this league is incredible it really is and uh, Leeds lost their first game in in twelve, I think, uh, yesterday as well. So um, it'd be nice if they had a bit of a blip. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking too far ahead, but uh, <laughs> it's not it's not sort of set in stone. It's not. I think like you look at the Liverpool in the Premier League, and uh, you know when you get to sort of eight, ten points, you sort of think that's kind of it but the way that the championship works you know the the cliche that everybody can beat everyone mm. it, it it does make i mean it's still kind of all up for grabs i think uh it's fair to say uh so boxing definitely day. and i i definitely want to kind of say was i think even the other week i saw kind of on twitter someone's asking Alan nixon like you know oh what, what do you think of what do you think of millwall's playoff chances mm. and um and you kind of think you just look at how close things are 
yeah. they probably a team like Millwall probably don't think they're really that kind of far off. No, when you know, like before points away, but they would still think that maybe they're in a shot of kind of breaking into that top six. And you know, really, yeah. I mean, the seven points between us and Queens Park Rangers, basically. Yeah, it's it is so ludicrous. The fact that we've won four out of the last five that shows why we are where we are. We're the ones who've kind of broken away from the pack and really, uh, you know, we've really put on the nitro yeah. speed in this kind of like race to uh, well, race to halfway through the season coming into this Christmas period. That's us at halfway, isn't it? That's twenty three games. It is. One eleven so, drawn six, lost six, which is a pretty incredible record. Especially when you consider those ones where we were so so close as well to having to be so close. Yeah, um, so close to either getting the full haul, should have got the full haul, or we were robbed or unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is insane. I mean, with, you know, the consistency we're putting together, we are basically proving ourselves as one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Really. And and once you think about those missed opportunities, how far off are we from a team like Leeds? Well, e- I mean, easily you could find another four, five points, couldn't you? Exactly. Without too um, much, you know, without too much sort of picking, at, you know, picking around the edges. It, it, some pretty obvious points dropped would, would easily get you there. Exactly, and and that was interesting. I think previously, me and you were having that conversation from a team who were outside the top six, who were looking like like with that extra bump, we could we could get over that line into the playoffs. Yeah. But now it's now we've just gone up from a completely another gear completely. Now we're a team that's looking like you know, hey, are we a few points from as it stands right now? Are we a few points dropped off from automatic automatic promotion? Yeah. Until Ooh. any potential points deduction. I know. Let's get. Let's not. Yeah. Uh, well, there's that too. Yes. The great wobbling asterisk. Um, <laughs> so, should we? Should we? Uh, should we whiz through and do some uh, some player ratings. We should. Um, I feel like we've probably kind of rifled through this episode pretty quickly. I mean, it was largely a little bit of a drab encounter. So it was. This. I mean, this definitely wasn't a vintage game in any way. But then. I think what we did what we needed to do. I also think the other thing that's worth mentioning on on today's performances. Um, so we talked about you know losing players out. We you know we had, last week we had Odebajo out and we had um, Hutchinson out. So obviously Odebajo was back, but Hutch is still out. And then today we lose one of the you know our best strike, our only really good striker, one of the best strikers in the league. And then within sort of half an hour we lose our left back as well and have to change around the whole back four so all of that added on top this win is really spectacular i think in some mm-hmm. ways mm-hmm. although the game itself as a spectacle was pretty horrendous yeah <laughs> but um yeah let's let's do this uh, so cameron dawson i've got oh. for leaving dawson with a 7.5 um i said that he's not much to do um, but he's assured, and he's starting to give me real confidence in abilities as well. Um, yeah, he had a he had a little spell where he did like three bad kicks in a row, but he, he settled himself after that. Uh, and towards the end of the game, really well, I think some, some yeah. Positive. Well, as part of my note, I completely yeah, agree. I said initially I'd give him a seven, but then I, you know, I, I really appreciated just how he kind of commanded any claims to the ball in the end, and it just it felt like the real antithesis to. Um, this this time with Westwood where everybody's yeah. just losing their shit at the end of the game. Yeah. And um, I think it's been something that's been commented on, actually, is that in terms of, like, stats-wise, when Dawson starts, 
it's it's been pretty damn decent in terms of stats when Dawson starts as opposed to Westwood this season. It's incredible, I think. I think he's like three and a half points per game or something like that. Oh, no, two and a half points. Three and a half would be amazing. That's how we catch leads. Um, no, but I think it, I think it is. It's something like two and a half points per game when he's he's played, which is, yeah, which is very, very good. He's just been so assured. Exactly. And then this is something which is really interesting. I mean, I guess with the kind of weird complexion with how things have gone through as the past couple of games, um, me and you are talking from that perspective of saying, you know, what do we need to strengthen? And I, we can always strengthen, we can always get better, but you kind of got in a position now where you think, well, what do we, you know, what do we essentially need to kick on to the next level? And it's difficult. Yeah. So it's becoming more and more difficult to to single to single out any position because it seems like everybody's doing a pretty good job in their departments right now. I oh yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, this was a this was really good from Dawson. I, I, towards the end of the game, yeah, we 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 commented ourselves that I don't know if it would have been a nice easy finish if if Westwood was there. Dawson had to come bravely for a couple of balls and he used his physicality to make sure he won them. And if anybody came near them, they were going to get an absolute giant knee in the back or in the side or you know there was. It was dangerous to to try and challenge him for the ball. That's how it should be from a goalkeeper's point of view. It just hasn't been for Westwood. And there was one in particular where he had to sort of come come into a crowd and, and grab the ball. And it's exactly the sort of thing that Westwood was just getting wrong again and again and again. And Dawson did it with absolutely no worries at all. So, yeah, I think seven, seven and a half, very fair. Uh, mm-hmm. Liam Palmer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow, I'm sorry. Real frog in my throat this morning. Um, Liam Palmer have gone with an eight. Um, you know, that's a really important goal line clearance. And he looks a real attacking threat today. Um, just great all round. I loved seeing him getting forward. And, you know, it was interesting him switching over to that left flank, remembering that, you know, at one point it was hilarious that, you know, he was yeah. our first choice left back at yeah. one point. And um, just a lot of industry getting forward, but some really good link up play. And I thought he did some fine work, fine work initially on the right with uh, with Reach. And then, you know, I really enjoyed the, seeing the partnership he had with Harris on that left flank as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I f- it linked up really well. Really good performance. I'm going to give him an eight. Yeah. I think when you see off your wing back as a, uh, as a, uh, a fullback and winger pairing, yeah, you've done pretty well. You've done a nice job. <laughs> so the wing back, who was the, um, who was the player that was there? Do you remember that at all? Uh, well, the one that they that, that Harris and uh, Palmer were against was was Hunt, but both of them, right, both who them, was who was subbed off. Apart from yeah, Hunt really had a bit of a flurry at the beginning, but yeah, like you said, I think we we pretty much got a handle on him from then on. Yeah, uh, yeah, he just. He just didn't do very much. I, I, yeah. Anyway, we're not we're not marking those guys. Thankfully, <laughs> could be here an awful lot longer. Um, yeah. I, another another very fine performance at right back and left back from Liam Palmer. Uh, congratulations, Liam. Um, <laughs> Big Dom Dominic Iorfa. Uh, went for a seven point five. You know, just just more of the same from Dominic Offer is just fantastic. Um, did you like so seeing him at right back? I did enjoy seeing him at right back, and I like that it's just a nice. It was a little cameo 
yes. at right back. You know, and it, it kind of, I don't know if it, how much, how well it worked for him at right back, mm. um, which was interesting because I think we, you know, as we said numerous times, that was our preferred kind of position for him and many fans preferred position for him to kind of really get forward down that flank. But um yeah, but he's just he was just great all round. I don't think we can really ever besmirch him from that. We're gonna have a headache now though, aren't we? With uh, yeah. but- back and uh and lee's fit and playing really well uh he might end up playing right back again potentially it depends how injured fox is and uh how uh how much we how how little faith the you have in Adebayo at the moment mm. um Yes, so I think, uh, yeah, a very fair rating again. Uh, Tom Tom Lees. Do you think, just going back to how you offer on the right, how much do you think that kind of manifested as just how strong he's been doing in the middle of the park? Like, he didn't look particularly um, agile to the flank, so to speak. I think there was a couple of times he was really holding himself back from pushing on, because Reach sort of went... I think he was given quite a free role in the second half. Uh so there was some space for Iorfa to to attack into, and he did go. He did have a couple of little runs because he got. He had one where he ended up in the box um, at the end of a run. Uh, so I, th- I thought he did okay, but I think he was. I think he was conscious. He was trying to like behave himself. <laughs> Because there was a lot of room forward, and he could have got caught out in that space because they 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 were trying to work some pace in behind him with that uh, with Eliasson and uh, and Semenya. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so Tom Lee's. Tom Lee's. I gave a seven. I felt he was assured as well. Um, he did the jobs he needed to do well today. I thought he was. I thought he was excellent today. I thought he was uh, at least a, a, on a par with Iorfa. I I think he really steadied things a lot of the times and uh won all all of his headers against that absolute beast of a number nine that they have. I don't know how tall that chap is, but he is a big, big lad. He looked bigger than I offer. D do D A do or I don't know how I'm not very good at pronouncing some of these names, sorry. Um <laughs> I'm just gonna have a look how tall he is because he just looked you know like an absolute whopper. You don't have his uh his details on record there, no? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I do not have his details down on any any uh, any mode. Um, I did want to say I did read a comment on the BBC. So Andreas Wyman, who the BBC commentator said, who has been quiet as a mouse on Christmas Eve, uh, <laughs> went off. Um, and he had nine touches all game. Wow. For Andreas Wyman. So clearly we did a real kind of stand up job on any kind of real attacking threat from Bristol City today. I did. Yeah, I was worried when I saw his name on the team sheet because he's he has been a bit of a a scourge at times hasn't he i think he's he's mm-hmm. a very tidy player but uh yeah he, di- he didn't get anything going he's six two apparently um it's the senegalese striker uh yeah he's a big chap but that doesn't make him bigger than uh than i offer i don't think but it looked like he was to me anyway that was my with my naked eye from a distance Ah, he's got. A, I offer's got a centimeter on him. You see, this is fascinating stuff. This is what people tune in for. <laughs> they want to know. They want to know the big news. <laughs> Diego oh. is one night one 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 meter ninety two. I offer one meter ninety three. Another place in which we were a little bit better than Bristol City. Um, Fox, he, I'm just going through them as they started. Um, Fox had a hard half an hour. Didn't really have a chance to do very much did he 
No, but I, I thought I would give him a seven because I thought he was good okay. when he was on. You know, I felt yeah. really bad for him going off. I was worried at the time about how that would kind of change that uh, balance at the back. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, it was never much of a much of an option. I thought it was funny. I was writing down. I was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to, you know, my first thing was basically what they did. But I'm like, on, by the time I could get to the second option of writing it out, you know, maybe I didn't even know Adebayo was on the bench. I've kind yes. of been a bit anonymous to who's on the bench recently. And that was a bit of an interesting thing in this situation, this game today, being like, who do we really have on the bench who can come on and change this game? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of running out of a few kind of live wire options. Probably not for, forgetting that Jacob Murphy's a thing, but... Uh, yeah, a few people yeah. were calling for Murphy to come on at various stages. People who... Interesting. And that Adam Reach is a good footballer, but... um. You know, but we'll but, get on to uh, we'll get on to the wings uh, in a second. I feel like we should bring on uh, Mr. Julian Burner okay, in the ratings at this point. It's a bit of a because I feel it's almost like it's so premature. It's not even a subs appearance, really. It's mainly like bring you know, on the burner, <laughs> bring on the burner. I say, I say, it's kind of an inverse sub position because he's actually played more of a game. He played, than he played an hour, didn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, Burner, I went for a seven. I've got the same as Lee's. Um, it didn't interrupt the defense feel that much when he came on, which was fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to see him back, even though I didn't feel we saw a great deal of him today. He, uh, I, yeah, I think I thought he was really good. I thought he just looked an absolute class above. I, I don't think it's... Uh, it was a coincidence that they they were playing. They looked good until Fox went off. It's not a mark against Fox, but I think that back four is just leaps and bounds better than anything Bristol City were able to produce against it. I think that's like a an eight or a nine out of ten defense, and Bristol City looked like a six or a seven team going forward, and. Mm. It just, they had absolutely nothing, not even a sniff out of us after that point. It was, um, it was very, for a team that are as high in the table as they are, I know they're on a bit of a slump form wise, but we were just, <laughs> it, we were streets ahead of them just everywhere, really. I mean, we, we could have had a bit more creativity. I'm sure if Fletcher had played today, I think we would have racked up a score a bit like we did against Nottingham Forest. I'd be really surprised if we hadn't, if we didn't win that game like three or four nil with Stephen Fletcher. Interesting. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we, th- this was, this was a much, much better team playing in blue and white than the, uh, <laughs> the chaps with the Robins on their breasts. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I, I'm happy to go along with that. I think I'd probably be tempted to go a little bit higher with, with Burner, but, um, um, let's, let's go with it. I think the fact he, he didn't play the full match, I'll, I'll stick with the seven. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to go wingers next or, or Luan? Yeah, Gale? should we go... Uh, let's go across that midfield. So Let's Adam go Reach. across that midfield. Adam Reach. Um, Adam Reach. I kind of went for a 6.5 today. Woo! I know, I know. So I, I feel the negative in the field has to go to Adam Reach today. Um, and this is difficult because I, I want to say he was so full of drive and verve and he made some amazing and incredible runs. And it would have got him a 7.5, but he gets a mark not shot because his finishing was so poor. He had two really good chances and didn't hit the yeah. top. 
either. Um, you know, the one-on-one and the corner routine. So as of the corner routine, I wanted to say in my notes, actually, that it looked like it was off the training ground. And then Adam Reach looked to try and see if he could return the ball to the training ground. <laughs> He yeah. was trying to kind of see if yeah. he could kind of whack it towards Middlewood, Middlewood Road, you know, really, uh, really put some clout on it. Those and that so... was hugely, hugely disappointing. And that one-on-one, I felt he, he could have done better. Yeah. I, I think, think he it, could it have done much better. very nicely for him, to be fair to no, him. He was trying to wait no. for it to sort of sit in a position where he was going to get a good shot away. But by the time it had behaved itself, it was too far along for him to have a good shot. But yes, I... I, I I think six and a half is really is harsh because I think he had a good game by and large. But um, yeah, I think Reach could have it could have been a bit better today. Um, action mass Massimo, Massimo Luongo. I felt a seven as well. Uh, well, seven for Luongo. Sorry. Um, yeah, I thought he kept things moving along, and I was really happy to see he had that defensive clout in the middle of the park. It, I think he's clearly a guy that is disciplined and plays plays these different roles distinctly. I think if he's in a three, he's he's much further forward and he's on the you know, he's pressing further forward. Um when he's in this two with Bannon, he's really good about filling in behind Bannon and making sure that there aren't great gaping holes. And I think the fact that that they as a two pretty much always held their own against sometimes a four or five, depending on how many people they were dropping in, because Wyman was dropping deep and uh, one of the centre-backs was pushing up at times. The fact that that Bannon and Luongo looked the better out of the two midfields uh, really was testament to a lot of hard work that Luongo was doing that maybe doesn't win the plaudits, but uh, he he was making sure everything was just ticking along nicely. Uh, yeah, a pleasing performance from him, I think. And I, I, I agree. I think seven out of ten is fair because there was nothing, not huge amounts of things that you can kind of point to and go, oh, he did that, he did this, he did that. Mm. Um, unlike his partner in the midfield, Barry Bannon. Barry Bannon gets an eight from me. Um, it felt up until the penalty that it was going to be one of those games where a team that is stifled and their only real hope of outlet would be Barry Bannon. Mm. And actually, well, I feel like historically that has kind of always been the same for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, exactly. We've always been very super reliant on Barry Bannon for the any creative outlets in the middle. And despite the fact, I guess, interestingly enough, it wasn't exactly the entire story today because we do have we do have some real options and threats on the wing through yeah. Harrison Reach. And we're seeing a bit more of that. But still today, it felt a bit more like, especially with like Bannon was pinging some real, real fancy and some real good, nice Hollywood balls kind of out. Um, he was enjoying his diags, uh, Sam Hutchinson <laughs> probably probably would have said on the commentary today. And that was annoying. So Sam Hutchinson was on the, the Wednesday commentary. But because it was a Sky Sports game, I guess a lot of people probably didn't experience that. So. Yeah. Probably a bit of a rare kind of B-side collector's item, uh, Sam Hutchinson's commentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back and see off the extended highlights, see if he's got some uh, oh. got some really beautifully anodyne views on uh, the world <laughs> and kind oh, of sure. par- partial behind-the-curtain reveals that Sam Hutchinson will come out with. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, going back to Barry Bannon, we could, you know, you could see the frustration for a lot of this, for him being the outlet for everything. And it was either not falling for the strikers or the quality wasn't quite there. I think for how we talk about Bristol is that they, you know, they, 
I've always felt like Bristol look a bit of a powder puff team. Yeah. You know, and um, and I, I would say that defensive, I think the defensive options they had, I think the, the centre-backs kind of made life tricky for our strikers, for Rhodes and Nuyu. I think they were yeah. they were pretty well matched for them. So I, I think that kind of caused some of the frustrations with getting the crosses and the ammunition in for Rhodes and Nuyu to kind of catalyse um they did a very good job so i think that that then kind of falls back into some of the frustration yeah. we see with bannon yeah um yeah. however we've talked a lot about bannon probably showing a lot of that quality a lot of the times and we just we don't get the output of it you know but for some reason you know the the bannon berries come in and the delicious uh cabignon sub cab sav that comes out the other way <laughs> or pinot i don't drink wine so I, it almost sounded like i was going to drink wine some of those great scottish wines that you remember rich oh, as you yeah, are yeah. as you are sampling right now you're just uh you're just swilling one around <laughs> as we talk That's what about it's known for is its wines it's uh <laughs> Deep single fried grape, wine. Single grape wines. That there's there's very few uh, vineyards up in Scotland, so they have to make one uh, one grape last. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that, I was really happy to see him take the plaudits and get that man of the match, and and just cap it off with a cool penalty conversion. I and think we, I think we get we've got used to just Bannon being brilliant. I think we've got so. blase. Very much so. Yes. When we're on Sky, he, unless we lose, he nearly always, he's man of the match. And I think when people see how good he is, they just can't believe that he's playing in the championship. And I know there's some frustrations and that I think one of the habits he has is he, he plays the ball where he wants the player to be rather than where they are sometimes mm. he, um he did it he did it to morgan fox a few weeks ago and he did it to, to again to, to somebody say i think he did it to palmer um but he, his 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 standard and we were talked about sort of you know bad pizza and bad sex kind of still being pretty good <laughs> But like, um, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a well worn trait at this stage uh, for us uh, for some weird reason. But um, but with Bannon, I think like he's operating on such a high level always uh, that it's just minor variations within a very that very sort of high level of of, of quality and output. He's a staggeringly good footballer, and mm. it's funny that. Every time people who don't see him every week see him, they just fall over themselves to fling praise his way. And uh, and he's got an awful lot of those Sky Sports Man of the Match awards uh, for very good reasons. Um, I th- I th- I'd give Bannon an eight and a half, I think. But uh, let's go right. to... I, I wonder, I really hope we don't see an injury from him where he goes into his bathroom and he falls over some of the many Sky Sports Man of the Match <laughs> awards that are in there. And uh, that would that would be a untimely be demise, sad, wouldn't it? Yeah, to Barry Bannon's time at Sheffield Wednesday. But anyway, do you, I know you had your um, your sabbatical from the team, but did that uh, overlap with the time that Marcus Tudgay injured himself at a barbecue, standing on some glass? That was after, but I remember hearing about it from my family. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh dear! Oh, stupid injuries. There was also, I think, Rio Ferdinand pulled his hamstring, reaching for a remote control as well. He was reaching for what? Sorry, a remote control. He was sat on the sofa, reaching for a remote control, and his hamstring pinged. Excellent. Oh dear! 
Um, so, uh, Calvin Kadeem Harris. Calvin Harris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which he which he asks the um, which he asks the the fullback he's up against to come dance with me. <laughs> and uh, it was almost a game where we got some great rewards for Street. You know, it was almost there, and it was just—it was kind of heartbreaking for him that, like, I think it's just frustrating that he hasn't—he's, you know, he's notched a few assists. Yeah, but you know, it's almost like in the kind of level with Bannon, is that he's that good? Yes. Um, but like, we just—it's frustrating when we don't get the just desserts. You know, when that Harris wine comes out at the other end, it's—it's uh, it's just, it's just not happening. So. It was great. He was almost the difference. I mean, he had that moment where he kind of cut in. I, I also liked the moment where, like, he did, you know, he took that free kick and plowed it into the wall that wasn't very good. And then he just bent a lovely shot kind of quickly afterwards towards, you know, at the keeper kind of yeah. after that. And um, he's a he's a man with a lot of quality and a lot of Certainly. pace, a lot of uh, tricks in his uh, tricks in his bag. And uh, yeah. I'm I'm really hoping we get to see a goal for him because I I want to see some of that industry rewarded sometime soon and um, his hoping it's very soon. Yeah, I I'm in that same bracket. I think uh, it just looks like he yeah he could do with that a bit more to show for his endeavour. He's uh, he's he's ace. I'm big 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 fan of uh, Calvin Harris. <laughs> Jordan Rhodes. I went for a six for Rhodes. Um, just not his day, nor was it the game for him. So I, I said that your comment from last week's get fresher when I read it again and again and think about it. So without Fletcher, his, his job is just so much harder. Yeah. And that maybe we don't have the, um, maybe without the great work of Stephen, Stephen Kenneth Fletcher, um, we don't have the great rewards of being able to play Jordan Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he made some runs. I mean, he moved around. Nothing really gelled or landed for him. This was more of a typical Wednesday Rhodes performance, like you mentioned. Um, back down to earth with a very astonishing foot. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, we may see, but it seems right now from what we've seen, um, we definitely need, we definitely need uh, Fletcher in that front two. If, yeah. If we're going to get any, if the Rhodes fracking is going to be successful. I I've got to think that although it didn't work against Hull City earlier in the season, I've got to think if if we've got to have New You, I think Winnell's a better partner for him. But I I just don't know. I mean, I really hope we're not in a position where we need to play without Fletcher too often because it doesn't really work. Any of the other partnerships don't really no naturally no. work very well. No. Um, Atty Atty scrapes a 6.5 thanks to winning a soft penalty. Uh, I'm looking forward to his TED talk and how he won that one. Um, outside of that, he <laughs> was fine. He won some headers. He won some headers, but I think that the different thing is that, like, as a target man, I don't know. He wins the headers, but I don't know if the skill in the heading is quite there. Yeah. It kind of makes something really fantastic. Um, but he battled, you know, he really battled today. I think um, he got a couple of his flick-ons absolutely perfect. I just, it's like Jordan Rhodes is every week, other, every other performance in a Wednesday shirt other than last weekend. It's like he thinks, oh, I've got to fight with my man. Oh, now I could fall over. And only if those two things don't work, does he then think about getting on the ball and having a shot. But it, it, it's not a desperate desire to get on the end of things. It's like... How can I not 
get on the end of this? What are the things I can do to get in the way of that? Oh, I can kind of look like I'm struggling to get past my man. And then if that doesn't work, then I can see if I can get a foul out of the ref. And there was a couple of those where you just like, if you just showed a bit of backbone, you might have got a shot off there. It's, it was frustrating. I, yeah, I think, knew you just, when you see him play the same role as Fletcher, you just think... Stephen Fletcher's really, really good at being Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. I yeah. knew he was distinctly not. But yeah, I think that's fair. He, he needs to be rewarded for getting that penalty somehow. I don't really know how that happened, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sammy Winnall came on for... Sammy Winnall. 15 um, spell. Gave a six. Uh, looked all right when he came on. He ran about... Um, yeah, I wondered whether him actually... Uh, it's it's maybe a bit of twenty twenty hindsight, which I think is it feels a little bit harsh in a game that we still won and got three points from. But I'm wondering whether he should have come on for Rhodes sooner, or whether mm-hmm. even maybe should have started instead of Rhodes. I'll be honest. I don't think, mind you, obviously that would just be you. You had to start Rhodes, I guess. That's the problem. Yeah, you can't drop the guy that scored three. Last week. We got our ten out of ten performance. Um, <laughs> so I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of him. I think maybe at the sixty-minute mark would have been better than seventy-five. Yeah, because I just think with Winall, we just uh, we said this in previous games when he's looked really good. There's just there's a bit more to his all-round game. Yeah, you know, than someone like Jordan Rhodes who. Well, he's just got a touch of pace. Not much, but it's a lot more than Rhodes has. It's very distinctive in comparison with Jordan Rhodes, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it worth talking about Pelopesi? <laughs> oh, Pelopesi came on. I've he did a tiny bit of negative playmaking. Oh, there we go. So maybe let's give... Uh, we've got to give Pelopesi a six. Might as well. The weakest six. <laughs> the weakest six going. Which seemingly like, that that substitution was basically to kill time, wasn't it? Basically, I think so. Because you wouldn't have. To, there was no reason to take Luongo off other than that, basically, right? He was on his yellow, I suppose. But uh, ah, yeah. okay, well, it felt it felt a bit kind of you know mini mini gamesmanship, I guess. Yes. Um, so looking ahead, we've got Stoke on Boxing Day and uh, Cardiff at home. On the 29th, uh, so next Sunday, we've got Cardiff at home. And he, is it on the Sunday? It is, yes. But it's three o'clock. Why, pray tell, is it on the Sunday? That's bizarre. I suppose you couldn't play Thursday, Saturday. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, I think it's just Christmas. Christmas is in a weird... Christmas being on a Wednesday made things a bit odd. That is very strange, yeah. <laughs> uh, any Any sort of thoughts going into those two? Um, that's going to be an interesting um, time for me for watching the games, uh, yeah. watching both games because I'm probably going to be a train. They're both three o'clock kickoffs. Hurtling through maybe Saskatchewan uh-huh. when uh, Wednesday Wednesday playing on Boxing Day, and um, and then who knows where I'll be in the world on Sunday the 29th of December. It's very strange. I don't I don't know why they couldn't just. Uh, I don't know. That's that's super bizarre. And then, um, anyway, I think away at Stoke is probably quite nice for us right now in terms. They're both very winnable games, I think. Cardiff obviously have got a new manager from the last time we played them, so but it, it feels like uh, we owe them one from Aidan Flint's acrobatic uh, acrobatic display <laughs> in front of Aidan Flint's macrobiotics. Yes, bifidus digestivus, Aidan Flint's. Macrobiotic yogurt. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I think we should wrap things up, Luke. Let's do that. Uh, Merry Christmas to yourself, Luke, and to all the all the gravy folks in the world. 
Merry Christmas to you and the gravy listeners. We love you all. May your days be merry and filled with lots and lots of gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Cheerio, Luke. See you, Rich.